Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today I'm so excited to discuss these topics about SEO tools, how you can get more from SEO tools. And today uh, I have a special guest from Ahrefs uh, who knows this topic very well. Uh, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, Sam, I always watch your videos, you know, yeah, that's a lot available insights and yeah, I see that you don't post a lot, but you always share valuable stuff. Can you tell more uh, about your experience, background and why you uh, decided to pay attention with video marketing and uh, why yeah, and uh, you can share more about Ahrefs? Yeah, so I started off in e-commerce. Uh, back in 2008 or nine, And uh, yeah, I built that site. I had an exit in 2012. And after that, I tried to uh, start different types of businesses. So I got into, um, I guess, the third-party marketplaces. This is when everyone was going crazy about Amazon FBA and eBay and, and all that stuff. And so I tested that out. And I realized that because my first business was built around the foundation of SEO, is that everything kind of starts to compound because that relates to everything. And so I went with AdSense sites uh, as well as affiliate marketing. And yeah, and then eventually I joined Ahrefs. And in terms of the video marketing aspect, uh, long story short, I was trying to turn Ahrefs into a client for my agency at the time. And instead they turned me into an employee. So that's kind of the long story or the short story. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk more about SEO tools. Uh, uh, from my experience, uh, I have uh, many customers. Uh, most of them are webmasters, uh, my audience on LinkedIn, uh, and they always use some simple features, for example, keyword research or check out uh, some links from their competitors. But on HRS, uh, I can see that you have... Uh, a hundred features. I don't know the exact number, but a lot of features, filters. Can you tell uh, where webmasters need to pay more attention? Because uh, from my experience, it's not a good idea when you uh, are chasing, I don't know, like uh, high volume keywords uh, or something similar. Uh, from your experience, where we need to pay more attention today? Yeah, so I think something that a lot of people ignore is uh, where this data is actually coming from. So in a lot of SEO tools, a lot of tools won't actually reveal where they come up with these uh, metrics or this data. And so I think it's really important that you understand that because the source will often tell you, um, will give you an indication of whether it can be somewhat accurate. Uh, and once that foundational knowledge is kind of built, then combining different data points and data sets to validate whether an idea is likely because er, like everything are like everything in an seo tool is an estimation right search traffic estimations um search volume estimations like everything is an estimation like even backlinks like we can't find every single backlink to every single page it's not possible mm -hmm. um and so going in with that kind of mentality and understanding uh where the data comes from what it means 
then you start to find your own unique cases because now you're playing with data as opposed to, you know, using a cookie cutter tactic that you learned in a YouTube video or in a blog post. And uh, you end up getting a lot more value from the tool. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Um, okay, let's talk more about link building. Uh, uh, today we have many techniques, a lot of techniques, and uh, people don't know which techniques uh, are better. We have black hat SEO. Uh, I don't recommend it, but we have white hat SEO. And uh, uh, what to do for uh, a new website? for a new project that uh, have no uh, big resources uh, and uh, how to get first backlinks by using Ahrefs or similar tools? Yeah, so for a new, new website, usually the first links, in my opinion, what I think that you should build are the trust links. So these are going to be on branded anchors. So that might come from um, if your brand is already, your brand probably won't be established. So things like podcasts, for example, like when you go on a podcast, they usually link back to your homepage with your brand name uh, or Harrow. Um, mm -hmm. When you reach out to a journal or when journalists send requests and you respond and they source you, they'll link, usually link back to your website with a branded anchor from usually authoritative websites. And so you're just building, I guess, the trust links uh, to kind of establish, uh, I guess, legitimacy. I don't know if that's the right mm -hmm. word to use, but I think you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, by the way, I use the strategy from Haro. You know, yeah, it's a good way to get authoritative links from big uh, websites. Yeah, and uh, it works well. But uh, it's important to pay attention, uh, you know, to create less requests, but uh, quality, high quality. I, I, I often see when uh, someone want to uh, cover, I don't know, 10 requests <laughs> yeah, for, I don't know, for a few hours. It doesn't work like this because you can't create high quality content for big pub, uh, publications. So yeah. yeah, it's better to uh, to chase quality with that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, mm -hmm. I was just going to add, I think guest posting works pretty well there too, just because you kind of control everything. And I think that people often want to uh, just guest post, you know, send 50 low quality guest posts and go to their money page, a link to their money pages and stuff. And it does work, but oftentimes I see that people, that those rankings drop off a cliff. So those are the ones where you see the traffic go up like this. And then if you actually look in Ahrefs and you go to the backlinks report and you sort by first scene, that's something that I love to do is to look at how a site built its first 100 backlinks. Because mm -hmm. if you're entering a new niche and there's a player in there that's doing really well, uh, you kind of want to see what helped them take off. And so that's usually where I start when I'm looking at a new website for links to build. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to get good traffic from guest posting? Because uh, I read uh, on Ahrefs blog that uh, in most cases, uh, webmasters do this job for getting uh, links, not for getting traffic. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's what webmasters do. And I think that's why they don't get traffic. Um, they choose websites based on just metrics, especially something like DR, which is not usually the best metric to use for uh, finding guest posting opportunities. And then because their primary goal is to get a link, they don't care to rank that page and to actually get traffic from it. And so assuming that you um, guest posted for a popular site, then you might get the initial newsletter bump where you get that big spike and then it fades off and then that's nothing. So in terms of the referral traffic, yeah, you won't get much if 
that's your intent. But if you're actually going in and treating that guest hosting website as if it were your own, uh, it's possible to actually get referral traffic through there. Or the big publications, like I did this with uh, Entrepreneur and with Inc. And usually the referral traffic wasn't too bad. It was hit or miss, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, creating uh, the right strategy. Uh, how to find the right strategy? For example, uh, if I want to promote the keyword SEO, uh, probably it's not a good idea to compete with uh, Moz, uh, Backlink, Ahrefs, Neil Patel, many other uh, authoritative websites. Uh, how to use... Uh, Ahrefs or uh, similar tools to find this right strategy uh, with topics that will bring traffic. Yeah, and uh, it's not hard to compete uh, to find this lack of quality content, outdated information, or it's better to check out manually all getting results. Because, uh, you know, uh, I remember when one of my clients proclaimed me, uh, I, I want to get uh, keywords weight loss uh, in the U.S., and uh, I asked him, okay, show me your website. And he replied to me, you know, I'm going to launch uh, on the next month this website, but I need this keyword for a few weeks. Can you do it? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> From your experience, how to reply uh, such people, how to lead them in the right direction, you know, yeah. And to show it's not a good idea uh, and we need to pay attention to uh, cover these topics. Yeah, so I think a lot of it has to do with understanding competition. And I feel like, people don't realize that there is competition online, like clients like that, for example. Like if you wanted to become a professional basketball player and you are my, you know, seven-year-old son and you're like, oh, tomorrow I want to beat LeBron James. Like it's just not going to happen. And you have to put in the training. You have to actually build up your muscles, your muscle memory, all the strength and everything. And it's the same thing in SEO. It's like, in my opinion, at least, it's not that it's impossible. It's just improbable. And it's usually not a battle that's worth fighting. And so the way that I like to do it is with lower competition keywords to kind of get traffic flowing uh, and then building topical authority around specific areas. So with the weight loss example, uh, I'm trying to think of something that's low competition in that area. <laughs> Oh, probably weight loss supplements for free. Well, something like this, yeah. Long tail. Well, yeah, let's just say like uh, recipes for vegans under 25. Mm. I know that that's not actually like a thing, but you might, you know, go in something like in that area. You start getting traffic and uh, naturally you will earn some backlinks, hopefully. And as you start to earn backlinks, then now you have PR that you can pass through internal links. Um, mm -hmm. And because you have topical authority, assuming you've covered absolutely everything you can under that umbrella, then you can kind of go in and build another cluster. And that's just kind of the way that I like to look at things is in stages and you validate based on where you're at and whether you're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Interesting. Okay. Uh... Uh, I have an issue from many clients, uh, for example, even big companies, you know, it's interesting that some companies have resources, but uh, they have no experience with uh, copywriting, creating content, and they reply uh, that they need to pay more attention developing innovating products. That's okay, you know, nothing bad with that. But uh, I often see on HRFs you have uh, high quality text probably you uh, not probably yeah you have some great offers uh, uh, and um, how to find uh, the right 
copywriters or offers who can create this content. Because if you open Upwork uh, for some niches, um, I check out a uh, hundred requests and uh, even with good ratings, uh, feedback, but they usually write some nonsense. Uh, I, I don't want to tell that everyone is better, but you know, in most cases, yeah. From your experience, how to find uh, right copywriters and yeah, and and know or and control them. Yeah, so the control aspect is is a is a tough part because you have the option of freelance and you have the option of in-house. And uh, I guess depending, like, like it depends so much on the niche, I think. So, for example, if you wanted to create a site in the golf niche, I highly doubt that professional golfers or, you know, PGA certified trainers are going to be good writers for the internet. Mm-hmm. And so if that were the case, then I would probably hire like I would go on LinkedIn and then I would look for people who are PGA certified or whatever. And then I would hire them to get the outlines of content. So I would Mm -hmm. ask them questions on this topic. Can you just create a bullet point form, whatever. And then I would hire a copywriter on wherever you can find them. So pro blogger jobs is, is a place where we go. It's a place that I've been using since I think 2015 or 16. I can't Mm -hmm. remember, but yeah, like you'll get thousands. You can get thousands of applications and it's about creating processes to actually filter through them. So what I created was uh, an automatic filtering system with ProBlogger Jobs where you can parse the data. In, so we have people apply through a Google form and then that gets parsed into a Google Sheet. And then we have formulas based on uh, like, we'll just call them like skill testing questions. You know, if this, then that, and then they have to answer the correct answer. If the answer is incorrect, then they automatically get filtered out. If they can't answer the basics of basics of what we need for in SEO, then we would rather not have to spend time training freelance writers um, Mm -hmm. to do that. Like we're happy to give feedback, but we can't, we don't have the resources to continue to do that for every writer and to train them up to where we want them to be. Whereas our in-house writers, uh, we have a peer review system. And Mm -hmm. in that case, we're all on the same page. Everyone is trained up to a certain point you go get put into the peer review system. And so every piece of content that we publish is based on a set of criteria. And uh, that's why our content is pretty consistent across the board. Yeah, got it. Interesting. Uh, okay. Um, in HRFs, uh, you shared a few times about repurposing content. For example, you can write uh, blog article, good article, and uh, to repurpose to video format. Can you tell more uh, how to do it uh, the right way? How to find, uh, I need to repurpose this article. It's better to skip it because uh, it will not good for uh, video content. Yeah, from your experience about that. Yeah, so I I can only speak on the video and blog posts because Mm -hmm. that's pretty, I'll speak a little bit on social too because I know that we do this. But with the blog post to video, uh, that's one way, but we also do video to blog posts. So there are times where I'll create scripts for our videos. And then because Josh is the one who's reviewing my content, if he likes it, then he'll switch it over. Or anything that's on um, YouTube video SEO, I will usually be the person to write it. And then someone from our blog team will repurpose it to the blog. So the criteria is very different in terms of depending on which way you're going. So mm-hmm. if we're going from blog to YouTube, uh, the first question that I have to ask myself is, would this video be okay on YouTube? Like, do people even care about this topic? Because there's a different different platform intent. Um, Most people find our blog through search. 
And so there's clear intent that they're looking to learn because our articles are educational. Um, whereas on YouTube, YouTube's algorithm can send it through browse features or suggested, and oftentimes those people are there to be entertained. And so first we need to understand the platform intent when we're going this way. Um, but another thing that we do is if there's search demand on, in, on YouTube, um, there are no really, really good YouTube keyword research tools, which makes it challenging. And so what I often do is use a little bit of common sense, like would people search for SEO tutorial? Probably. And so that's one way that we can do it. The other way is through video SEO. So I found some, like our, our tools were not made for YouTube when I joined and they still aren't really made for YouTube, but you can still find YouTube data in them. Going mm -hmm. back to what I said in the beginning is if you understand where the data comes from and what it actually means. And so that's when you can actually search for youtube.com slash watch in, in Site Explorer, and then you can look at their organic keywords. So you can see what keywords YouTube is ranking for in Google search. Um, and then you can filter for specific seeds in the include filter, and you can look for things like SEO or keyword research or marketing or whatever it might be to actually find um, keywords that YouTube's ranking for. Uh, so with the repurposing, you can actually do a content gap analysis where you take uh, your website, or in our case, our blog, and you can and you look for common keyword rankings with YouTube. I, I, I don't know if this is too hard to follow, but yeah, you you find common keyword rankings between your blog that ranks in the top ten mm -hmm. and YouTube that ranks in the top ten. If both of you are ranking in the top ten, then you, there is potential for you to own two spots on the first page of Google. And then if it seems like you can actually create a video that will be high retention on YouTube, then we'll do it that way. Uh, if we go the opposite way from video to blog, then basically we'll look for search demand on the topic and if there's any kind of business value for us. And then that's how we determine whether we can repurpose or not. And then for social media, we just do like we take little snippets from here and there and then we post them on social media as threads. Nice, nice. We have a huge audience. Thanks, guys, for watching us. Uh, yeah, most of them from the US, but we have India, Pakistan, uh, Nigeria, many other countries. It's a big pleasure uh, to share uh, valuable insights. And we have the first question from Benjamin Johnson about tools, even kit tools that we need to use for, uh, yeah, for SEO. Tools. Um... I'm it's looking like at the questions tools, yeah. uh, to start. Okay, so if you're an absolute, absolute beginner, then mm -hmm. let's say you have no budget, then I would start with Ahrefs Webmaster Tools, which is free. And you can basically use Site Explorer and Site Audit for your own websites. So it's kind of like Google Search Console, but we don't limit you with up to you know 10,000 or 1,000 keywords or whatever it might be. Uh, and you can also run Site Audits through that. Um, as for like keyword research tools, like it's really hard for me to say because I was mentioning this before we, we started, but I said that pretty much the only tool that I use is Ahrefs. And I said that it's going to sound weird because I work at Ahrefs, but even three years prior to, I started using Ahrefs. So I've been using Ahrefs for, I think, eight years now. And eventually, as I continued to use Ahrefs, I started to prune my other tools because I just realized I didn't really need them. So like I'm totally biased and I, I know that anyone who's watching, it's probably hard to take me seriously and, and that's fair. Um, but yeah, in terms of 
uh, SEO tools, like obviously I recommend Ahrefs. Um, Screaming Fuck is also a good one that I use for link building. Uh, I don't really use it, or I use it for for fast crawl, which is also convenient as well. If I want to just um, crawl a section of a website or just a few URLs to test if certain things work out as I intended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I remember when I uh, uh, spoke with uh, Fabrice Canal uh, from Bing and uh, told him, you know, I'm so biased about the situation in Ukraine, uh, but, you know, I can't see all the websites on Bing about Russian propaganda, something like this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know uh, uh, how uh, that was helped, but right now I don't see that. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're biased about Ahrefs as well, but, you know, from my opinion, yeah, it, it's very good tool. Yeah, because my team, um, yeah. We are using around five years, something like this. But yeah, a lot of valuable insights. And um, uh, I like on HRFs that you focus on uh, some special features. You don't try to create many simple tools or uh, necessary, I don't know, something tools that people don't need at all. Okay, uh, let's talk about um, uh, more about uh, keyword research. Uh, how to group? Uh, a list of keywords. For example, if I type uh, on Ahrefs, uh, let's take the keyword uh, weight loss. I can get uh, m many keywords, uh, but uh, it's not a good idea to create content for each keyword and uh, uh, we can create uh, one piece of content for all these keywords. How to group them and find this balance uh, for different pages? Yeah, so I think there's two things you can do. So if we're assuming that we're starting with a brand new website and you're basically just mapping out your content, um, usually I'll start by making a keyword list in Keywords Explorer. So I'll enter a few seeds and then I'll use the include filter. So if I want to look for informational keywords, then I'll either go to the questions report or I'll go to the matching terms report and search for keywords that include my seed. So for example, golf and additional modifiers like how, what, who, when, where, tutorial uh, tips, you know, basically things that are going to typically show informational intent. And then I'll create a keyword list. I'll just check them off and then I'll create a keyword list. I'll do this for like a half hour and I'll have a few hundred keywords to go through. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll take those keywords, that keyword list, and then go to traffic share by pages, which is also in Keywords Explorer. And what that's going to do is it's going to take my raw brainstormed list of keywords and group them by page because it's going to show you pages that rank for these keywords mm -hmm. and anyone that ranks for more than one of your keywords in your list it's going to put it all together there and so you kind of see a general view of of what you need to do there um and then usually before i, I write that content i will run a content gap analysis at the page level so i'll come i'll look at the top three pages that are relevant to the page that i think best matches search intent and I'll look for common keywords there and just try to extract subtopics. So if it was like, you know, how to do keyword research, then I would search for that and look at the SERP and then take the top three pages, put them into Content Explorer, or not Content Explorer, sorry, um, uh, Content Gap, and then mm -hmm. look at the common keywords and you might see something like, what is keyword research or what is a keyword, um, keyword research tool our best keyword research tools in there. I don't know. You might see a bunch of keywords and you're like, oh, this is probably something important I should cover. And mm -hmm. then you basically have your, your cluster list. Also, I've heard good things about Keyword Cupid. I haven't used it myself, 
but it's something that, yeah, that might work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Um, once I listened to audio podcast with Tim Solo, and uh, he shared uh, that um, he usually check out um, uh, traffic from pages, not uh, uh, the main authority, page authority. Uh, why uh, tools create this metrics if uh, traffic uh, is the final destination for uh, any goals? Uh, how we need to learn them if uh, it's only estimation and Google doesn't have them, uh, doesn't consider in their strategies. Uh, what's the main goal of this metrics? So traffic is, so search volume, for example, looks at one keyword, whereas mm-hmm. traffic looks at a page's all of, like an entire, all keywords that a page ranks for and the amount of traffic in each keyword, at least in Ahrefs, we have a unique CTR curve that we use. Um, where um, the amount of traffic can be different because traffic is essentially search volume times CTR, like in an, in, a, in an SEO tool. And so traffic is essentially what you want. You don't really care how many searches there are. Um, I think there was a good one on, I can't remember what keyword it was. It was from Healthline. And I don't think it was diet plan. It was something else that just, wasn't that popular. I think there might have been like a thousand monthly searches, but then traffic potential was like 98,000. And so it's because they ranked for like 6,000 other keywords that are all very, very similar to the one that I was looking at. And so at the end of the day, like you kind of want to look at what's the main topic here. And so when you were talking about keyword clustering, like something that I thought of is that like when you're looking at keyword clustering for mapping a website, I think that that makes a lot of sense when you're doing it at the page level. Like for, I know a lot of people do it, but for us, we don't pay too much attention to it. It's more just about covering the topic in full. And naturally, and if you've done your analysis on the top ranking pages, um, you're naturally going to rank for a lot more keywords than just that one keyword. And so you end up having more traffic. And so I think what Tim was alluding to is that traffic is more important than searches. And mm-hmm. obviously I agree. And I think anyone else would agree that they would rather have a lot of search or traffic than searches. Yeah. I remember when uh, someone asked uh, John Mueller on Twitter about uh, the main authority. Uh, does it exist? And he replied, yes, of course it exists. It's a metric from Moss. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> we have the question from Muhammad Shan uh, about uh, SEO strategy for 2022. They want to change uh, existing strategies because uh, of competition. It's increasing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think more and more people are becoming aware of the ROI of SEO and in terms of adapting, like I can't really give you a a specific answer because it requires a specific question, and and I think that you need to actually look at it. So, like if you're in a niche where, like, if you're trying to compete in insurance and you have you're a solopreneur, uh, that's going to be very tough, and they're just going to keep pushing because mm-hmm. they're not going to be taken out like Geico, Progressive, like you just can't compete with them on a money level. Um, So in that case, I don't think it, no matter what strategy you use, it's highly improbable that you'll ever be able to compete with those people working by yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's different where, you know, you have a million dollar budget and they have a $10 million budget, 
yeah, you have to get scrappy. But I think a lot of that is in processes, which is something that a lot of people um, undermine is the importance of SOPs and actually creating processes to work more efficiently. So even though they might have 100 employees uh, working on it and you have 20, I think that's still possible. And a lot of that is in process optimization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, we have the question about certification course from iCheras. Uh, do you have such a certification? Because I know Simrush has it. Uh, but I, I found that you have videos uh, and you share uh, for free all these videos on YouTube channel. Uh, do you have certification and it will help people? Yeah, so I created a, an HF certification course mm-hmm. and we just said that it's in beta because we don't actually have a certification, but it's seven mm-hmm. hours of content on everything about HFs. So like what I was mentioning before about understanding where the data comes from, and whether you can actually trust it, I teach all those things in the course. Um, and then I show you different use cases and coming up with your own tactics, uh, rather than using something like broken link building, there's ways to analyze backlinks and then you come up with your own like tactic or whatever, or your strategy, and that eventually turns into becoming a part of your strategy. Um, yeah, so we do have one and we will update it because our tools have changed since I've made those videos. And when that gets updated, we will have a certification, whether it's professionally beneficial in terms of getting a job. I don't know because we don't have a an actual certification yet, uh, but we made it intentional that the course is extremely deep. It's not your, it's not you shouldn't do it for the purpose of getting a badge. You should do it for the purpose of understanding what you're doing so that you can get better at SEO. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> you know, uh, For example, in my agency, when we spoke with uh, some candidates, I don't care about their certification. I want to know what kind of experience and skills they have. So if you want to take the course, just do it for the sake of getting skills knowledge yeah and uh, if you grab this page it's just for i don't know for pleasure (laughs) (laughs) we have the question about um, is there a way to generate backlink for for local seo uh google my business Mm -hmm. how does google ranking for google my business work what do you think about local seo yeah so local seo is something that i've never specialized in uh when i was running my agency that was my partner who would do all the local stuff and I would do the consulting for the global stuff. So um, yeah, I don't want to speak because I don't want to pass on information that I think works, uh, Mm -hmm. but I don't know for certain because I haven't been in in the trenches with that stuff for over seven years. Okay. Okay, guys, I want to share from my experience. If you want to jump on local SEO, getting traffic there, uh, by the way, you can use HRFs to analyze competitors as well. Uh, But for local SEO, it's better to pay attention with uh, local intent, local links, even if it's not relevant. Uh, of course, for many other websites, relevance is very important. But for local SEO, uh, local backlinks from local news, uh, even irrelevant links, they work well because uh, uh, it's a big chance that you can get customers from these links because it's your area. Then uh, from, I don't know if you are uh, working on Miami and uh, have a relevant link from New York or Canada, <laughs> I'm not sure it will help a lot with that. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, let's continue uh, with creating content. What do you think about IE tools? Uh, we have a bunch of IE tools. Uh, Google doesn't recommend to use them, uh, but uh, I often check out some websites online and they create uh, this content by using tools. Uh, for example, I found uh, many calculators, converters, uh, simple tools. They usually, uh, when, um, you know, they have uh, many pages, for example, like uh, Bitcoin to USD, Bitcoin to Ethereum, Bitcoin to Rupee, Bitcoin to Hrivna, and something like this, they create a lot of pages. And uh, uh, it's around, uh, I don't know, remember the number, it's like 30,000 pages uh, with uh, 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 machine-written content. And they rank well. Uh, generally replied, don't do it. It's bad. From, I don't know, from your experience, what do you think about uh, creating uh, content with IE tools? Do you use IE tools? Uh, even uh, I know that many websites use IE tools uh, and check out manually, edit it. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, so that that's a, that's more of a personal question. So in, from a like a moral standpoint, uh, I don't, agree with it because especially if it's not edited um so i think mm -hmm. that there are two types of people generally that use ai uh there are people who use it to reword sentences so that it sounds better and i some people use it for ad copy uh and i think that's perfectly fine because with ad copy it's short and you will read it because you're spending money for every dollar uh, for every ad impression or click and i think that can make sense as a way to brainstorm uh, in terms of creating full-out AI sites that to scale content like that, um, I, I don't agree with it. And I think that in the long run, uh, it's mm -hmm. not going to work that well. If you have a really great editorial process and AI content gets a bit better, because I've tried it and I thought it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, but then like at Ahrefs at least, like we we value the quality and the content and professionals actually writing it. And um, I tried to write an article uh, through AI with um, on, on an SEO topic, and it was really bad advice. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. want people to read that, think that I wrote it, believed it, and then actually try it. And then they realize you've just wasted how many people's time. And I just mm -hmm. don't think that's cool. So that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, got it. Uh, I think uh, with IE tools, we can structure content. You know, it works well. Uh, it works well for creating some short content, not big, you know, for uh, even uh, not about emails, but for some paid ads, it works well. Uh, for big articles, we wrote a few articles with IE tools, uh, check out them. And yeah, it takes time to provide some manual job editing a lot of editing yeah uh, at that point uh, it's possible to get insights but uh, i think uh, it's only rewriting what do you think about rewriting <laughs> because i think um, google wanna rank something new unique and uh, if you take just content from the top 10 results rewrite it you can't provide uh, this uh, unique stuff uh, so it's better to uh, use experience and create something new uh, what do you think about rewriting uh, uh, content uh, without sharing something new? <laughs> Sorry, the question is, what do I think about rewriting content based on the top ranking pages? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I get <laughs> it. I get it. And I get why people do it. Um, I don't agree with it. Like, again, from a moral standpoint. And I know that, like, it works. Like, if you're better on the links aspect, the technical aspects, 
you can outrank those people who originally wrote that content. But like, I just don't agree with it because you, then you're just stealing people's work without attribution. And that's mm -hmm. essentially what's being done. And that's what a lot of freelance writers do because they don't have expertise in every single area. So it's going to happen no matter what. But I like to use, um, like look at the top 10 ranking pages to look for commonalities and subheadings. Like what is everyone talking about? And why is that not in my outline? I should probably include it there because it makes sense because mm -hmm. search intent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to answer your question, I, I don't like it, but I know that people do it and I know that people will continue to do it and they will continue to outrank other pages. Yeah. Because they people have... yeah, are looking for simple ways, you know, to create content, to create content yeah. fast, you know, to uh, hire some, uh, I don't know some cheap stuff on online you know yeah it's not a good idea uh yeah got it okay uh let's talk about um uh, link building that you use on ihrefs can you unhide your loving techniques on ihrefs uh because uh when i check out ihrefs on ihrefs <laughs> i can see that you <laughs> have a thousand links i don't remember exactly the number like uh uh over uh 50 000. Well, yeah i need to I, I don't even know yeah <laughs> a lot but you a know lot. if you use uh help of reporters out you can't get no. such links you know it's a lot can you tell how to get many backlinks at scale like a thousand links uh because uh, just reaching out uh yeah it takes a lot of time you know to to get a few links yeah probably these links will be good but uh how to get thousand links uh high quality yeah so that's a that's a tough question so i think the so if you look at hrefs link graph it's literally like a steady curve like this it almost looks like it's manufactured um but the reason why that happens is because of our product and mm -hmm. our product is good and people naturally link to us we don't have to ask people to do that um they'll naturally link to us. And also I think a little bit of an unfair advantage for those that aren't in the SEO niche is that all of our readers uh, to our blog and to our YouTube channel, they probably have a website and there's a lot of agencies there. And because we prioritize writing good content, we've built a lot of trust. So if we publish a study on featured snippets, then almost immediately we'll, we'll get a ton of backlinks because people trust that study. And so anytime featured snippets is referenced over the next year, like we'll have a huge acceleration in links. Now, as for actually getting a, a thousand high quality links to your site, is this, does this have to be fast? Um, I wanna, I wanna <laughs> to have this fast, but you know, from my experience, I don't believe that quick results exist, you know, yeah. Yeah. We need to be patient to find the right strategy, go step by step. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. So I think if it has to be fast, the fastest way is probably going to be a PR campaign mm -hmm. and it has to be good, but it's going to be hit or miss, right? Like there's no specific example I can give you. Um, I just published a video on our YouTube channel about what Mac rumors does. And I think what they do is pretty brilliant. Like if you start looking into their link profile and their link graphs, is because they have um they're just really good at researching like i don't think that they have an apple insider who's like risking to go to jail to to make you know a few bucks and so mm -hmm. they just research and they execute really quickly 
and because there's scarcity to their uh, their content, which is basically like rumors of Apple products, and they're usually right. They the acceleration of links that they get for every single page. So if you go to Site Explorer and look for MacRumors.com/roundup, you'll see all of their pages there. And mm -hmm. the acceleration, if you look at any of their pages, like iPhone 12, which was released, I don't know how many years ago or when it was released, um, before the product release date, their link graph is like straight up, like, and it just keeps going. And then as soon as it's released, it kind of levels off and then just slowly goes up. And what they do after is they change search intent. So, or they change their content to better match search intent. And so, yeah, like you got, if you want to get a thousand quality links, like, you need something that's unique and you need something that people actually care about and want to talk about. Um, so yeah, like it's tough to say like what you can do, like PR campaign is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and then something like Mac rumors is just a really good example of getting good, high quality links fast. And if you want to build that, you know, like steady, slow and steady kind of graph that just keeps going without having to do outreach, then yeah, a great product is going to be your your best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the final question about, um, you know, it's interesting question because uh, when I check out how many people are working on SEMrush, probably a thousand. And on HRFs, a team uh, has 70 people, if I know <laughs> the right number. Can you tell how you can compete with SEMrush, most many other big uh, brands uh, and uh, with a small team. Can you unhide the secrets with our audience? <laughs> yeah, so that's tough because I don't know. Like, I know people who work at SEMrush, but I don't, like, know them well enough to, to speak candidly. But I think with our team, um, we are extremely scrappy. Like, a lot of our, like, in terms of our personalities, like, there's a lot of, of um, commonalities where we just like to work and we like to get results and we just work hard for the results and not mm -hmm. for our eight hour day. It's just like, was I productive? Do I feel happy with what I did? And so naturally, um, yeah, we, we can compete. Our, I think the main thing though is our, our founder and CEO as well as the developers on that team is they are so smart. And I'm not saying that any of these other tools, they don't have smart developers, but they just know how to work efficiently. They know technology, like when they're talking about, it, I have no clue what they're talking about. And I at least understand a little bit um, with, with programming and stuff, but they just, I, I don't know how else to put it, is that they're just brilliant and they've done a great job with building a product. And, um, and yeah, and then our marketing team is, all of our marketing is product led because the product is great. And so it makes it a lot easier. So in terms of, I guess, synergy between development, product and marketing, um, we work really well together. Whereas these other companies, I don't know, it's it's hard for me to comment on that because I, I don't know internally what they're doing. Uh, I only see externally and can only make my own hypotheses, but yeah. Actually, that was from North Korea. You know, uh, they can't <laughs> use your tools. <laughs> they have no internet. But, you know, yeah, they applaud you. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Sam. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for watching us. And uh, we will convert 
this live stream to audio format soon, probably on the next week. You can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks a lot for a lot of your valuable insights. I love watching your videos on YouTube. Yeah, uh, and I, I so subscribe to your channel. People subscribe and learn from Ahrefs, even if you don't use tools, uh, but uh, it's better to use tools as well. Okay, guys, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.